Someone who is already resilient when trauma occurs won't experience post-traumatic growth because a resilient person isn't rocked to the core by an event and doesn't have to seek a new belief system. Less resilient people, on the other hand, may go through distress and confusion as they try to understand why this terrible thing happened to them and what it means for their worldview. Hello, everyone. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Blissful Love with Dev McMahon and Rachel Lawrence. What's up, you guys? Happy Thursday. Hey, guys. What's up? Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> totally blanked. It's nice to be back and recording for you guys. Sorry. I am trying We're to multitask through all tired. these. Yeah, through all these tabs and I'm exhausted. But um, hello. So, Rach, what makes you feel blissful today and how did you propel your love? So what made me feel blissful today was that I just got home from work. I just worked my last shift before I have 10 days off. So nice. So I'm freaking pumped, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a grind of a day, but so worth it now that I don't have to go back till next Sunday. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, And how I propelled my love today um I was trying to think about this on my car ride home I actually I had a patient today who's been in the hospital for like almost three months if not more than that and today we shaved his beard oh he was so happy and like afterwards he was looking in the mirror he was like this is me this is what I really look like like, oh my god you're so funny but it's like made me feel so good how like happy that made him so that's how I found my love that's amazing so sweet The kind acts of a nurse. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. What made you feel blissful today? Um, So I went for – so this morning I brought Finley to the dog park. And after that, we went and walked through Quincy Center. So, like, Quincy Center has this new – I mean, I guess it's not really that new. It's, like, a year old now. But they put in this new, um, like – I don't know. I guess, like – I don't even know what you would really call it like a garden kind of in front of town hall. And it's like this whole foyer with um, this big water fountain and everything. And they have all these beautiful flowers and stuff. And people just sit there all the time. Like it's so pretty. Um, So I went to Starbucks and then Finley and I walked through there. So that made me feel super blissful. And then how I propelled my love while I was walking through there, I picked up some trash, which made me really sad that people leave trash there because it's the most beautiful part of Quincy for sure. So I was like, okay, we need to be better about this, but I picked up some trash. And also I ran into, um, this stand that was there that is, did you guys have like rec as kids? Yeah. Yeah. So I loved summer rec as a kid and we had like literally 30 different parks that rec all took place at. And we were so competitive with each other. We had like tournaments with each other and all this stuff. And one of the competitions that all the different parks have is you have to make a, um, like a model, like you can pretty much do anything and you just have to make this like, like, what is it called like a statue I don't know what they're called like this thing whatever and so you get all these materials like they'll give you like toilet paper rolls and like tape and like random shit and you have to like come up and make this thing um and everybody in the city votes on it so I stopped at the stand and I voted on everybody's thing (laughs) that's how I propelled my love that's so funny that you just brought that up because we we have like park and rec in Hanover. Yeah. Obviously, Quincy is way bigger than Hanover. So it sounds like you guys had like multiple different camps. 
Is that how it was? Yes, there was literally so many. Cat, <laughs> so my little sister Cat works for Park and Rec, and she has for the last like several summers. And this summer, she worked all six weeks of it. Oh my gosh! So Monday through Friday from like seven to three. Oh my god! And she's on her like la- second to last week, and she's like never again. Oh like, my god! I can't even late. imagine. Yeah, I can wreck though. I'm it's just like a fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm Quincy is something else too. I yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like growing up, it was so cool. There was, I think, in where I lived, there was I think three different ones, and you could walk to each one. So like you had like they would give you okay, this is like your home base one, but you could go to the different ones and like see your friends and stuff, and then um like throughout the day, like the counselors would be like, do you guys want to go do a tournament in Beachwood Knoll, which would just like be a different part of Quincy. And then we like, we would just all drive there with the counselors and like go and like do like a, like wiffle ball tournament. It was so fun. It was so cool. Um, yeah. So when I saw them, I was like, oh man, I have to stop. I was like so competitive about those little things. What do you even call them? Like the, like that you make I don't know, like a, I don't know, like a, like a, almost like a mascot for your camp. Kind of, but it was like, like one, one team did like McDonald's. So they had like this huge, like McDonald's box and then like a Coke and the fries and the chicken nuggets and the burger. And it all looked so real. Like they did such a good job. It was so cool and it was big. And then like another one did like this fairy garden and it was just so cool. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Ours were always like so ridiculous because we were like, we don't want to do this. We want to play games. We don't want to make this weird mural. Like what is this? That's hysterical. I never went to park and rec. Oh my God. I loved it. I only went when I was like little, I went up until probably I was like, like 12. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I was like, I cannot be bothered in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It was like a good excuse for me to get out of sports camps for a couple of weeks. I'd be like, I'll go to rack. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's hysterical. So funny. Um, yeah. So do you have a quote, Rach? Oh my God. I don't have a quote. That's okay. That's okay. We can just get right into our, right into our episode today. Um, so today we wanted to talk about post-traumatic growth. Yes. You heard that post-traumatic growth. So when I first started seeing this on Instagram, I was so like intrigued by it and interested by it because I had never heard about it. Have you ever heard about it? No. Yeah. When I saw this pop up on our Google Doc of what we were talking about tonight, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> I need to do some research. <laughs> right. Literally, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know anything about this. And it's so cool. So, well, not cool, but it's interesting. So I have a little definition for us to start us out. So in psychology, post-traumatic growth or benefit fi- or what? Post-traumatic growth benefits fine or the benefits are finding is a concept describing positive psychological change experienced as a result of adversity and other challenges in order to rise to a higher level of functioning. So basically it is coming out of a really shitty and traumatic situation and finding the higher self with the high highest self within from that Mm -hmm. instead of Instead of letting it completely 
destroy you. Um, And I thought it was really interesting because a lot of the research that I did on this talked a lot about the difference between someone who is resilient and someone who is experiencing post-traumatic growth. Because I was like reading this and I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I've done that through situations like now, like I've gotten to that point now where it's post-traumatic growth for me. But then I realized like, I think that I'm just can be very resilient. And I think a lot of us are resilient. We all have that capability, of course. So the difference is that someone who is already resilient when trauma occurs won't experience post-traumatic growth because a resilient person isn't rocked to the core by an event and doesn't have to seek a new belief system. Less resilient people, on the other hand, may go through distress and confusion as they try to understand why this terrible thing happened to them and what it means for their world, which is so true. And I think that a lot of empathetic people can relate to that of like always needing to figure out why and why it's pertaining to your growth and why it's happening for you and not to you and trying to really get to the core of it. Whereas someone who's resilient, a really shitty situation might happen to them and they're like, okay, like, we're just going to keep going. We'll get through this. Like that was really shitty and horrible, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I also found this, um, this like little, um, picture with, what do you call it? Like this, um, post from psychotherapy. And this is kind of just like gives you some reported elements of PTG. So here is just some of them. And then we can kind of like talk about what we think that those mean to us. And yeah. So greater sense of personal strength, increased exploration of existential questions like death and purpose, increased value placed on the small things in life, changes in spiritual and religious areas of life improved relationships, new possibilities for life, greater appreciation for life, and greater compassion for others. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So for like, I guess we can just kind of talk about like things that maybe we feel connected to on this list. Is there something for you, Rach? Are you, do you have it? No. Okay. If you go, if Okay. So, um, is there anything specific that you like resonate with on this list or you feel like makes sense? The, so the, the one that stuck out to me the most when you were just saying this Mm -hmm. was the increased exploration of existential questions like death and purpose. Wow. Um, I know that just like weirdly like stuck to me when you said it. And I honestly didn't even hear you read the rest of them. But when I think I talked about this, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but when I was in my car accident right after I graduated high school, that was like a huge, obviously a very traumatic experience for me. And I feel like I remember afterwards being like obsessed with not, not even like obsessed with like death, but like obsessed with like, oh my God, like I'm here living. Mm -hmm. And like, I like just like viewed death in a very different way and I viewed like my purpose like why am I here like why am I still here Mm -hmm. um in a huge way um and now that I look back on it I was thinking about this when I was driving home like you said when we first started 
the episode about how um, you don't really know if you've, you feel like you have like this post-traumatic growth now, mm-hmm. but you didn't really feel that maybe, maybe when you were like going through things when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like one of the things I definitely thought about because that accident was a huge turning point for me and it completely changed the way that I carried myself and the way that I like lived my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now looking at it with this idea of post-traumatic growth, I can definitely see how that affected me in that situation and how it definitely changed me for for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when we go through really, really shitty and traumatic events, um, I guess our perception of it is what really matters the most and like what sticks with us and how we mentally navigate it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that post-traumatic growth can happen for anyone at any point in time. I don't think it necessarily has to be like directly following the event. I don't think that that would really even be human for that to happen. I think we all need to like sit with our feelings and get through it and it's okay to not be okay for a while about things. So that makes a lot of sense with your car accident. And I was thinking about that a lot, like the death aspect of it too, when I think about like losing my ex-boyfriend who passed away. So when I went through that experience, I definitely was not like, yes, this is going to help me grow. And this is going to pertain to my growth because I'm learning about death and how to deal with it and grieving and all this stuff. And, um, now I don't think I would be who I am today if that event hadn't happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it pertains to my growth so much in so many aspects. Like it has definitely given me a greater sense of my own strength and the sense of like anything that happens to me, I know I'm going to get through it. Even if it's like the worst case scenario in the world, like I, I have that ability to navigate it and grow through each and every situation. And also I questioned death a ton and like purpose a ton. Like what, so if that horrible thing happened, like why did that have to happen? And like, what is my purpose through this happening? Like what, why, why is death something that causes so much pain for like other people? Why is it something that's so negative? And I was actually thinking about this today too, when I was driving about how I really don't think I'm afraid of death anymore. And I used to be so afraid of it. Like I used to be so afraid of it. I didn't even like to think about it ever, ever. And I'm, I don't feel that way anymore because I feel like I've gotten to a level in my spirituality where I understand that we're just borrowing these bodies that we have on earth. And we have to give them back at some point to the universe and that that's okay. And that we're going to be going in, in another direction, maybe another dimension, maybe somewhere here on earth again, like who knows, but that it's all going to be okay. And it's all meant to happen. And this is just like, this is just a, a door that we went through in human bodies and we're going to have to close it at some point. So that I feel like that situation, getting through that situation led me to that, but it took a long time. Like that happened when I was 20 years old and I'm 26. So it took a long time for me to get there. Um, but also gave me like other things too. It definitely, showed me that I have to appreciate the small things in life because it made me realize that the small things in life are what really carry you through each day. Um, I had to scrounge around, if that's a word, um, for 
little things that made me smile because I was having such a difficult time. So it allowed me to really appreciate things like a blue sky and the sun or mm-hmm. um, just watching the waves hit the sand or seeing like bugs fly around, like really simple little things that we take for granted every single day. It really, really helped me understand that those things are so beautiful and that we should really cherish them. So I definitely think that there were so many things that came out of that situation that were, I I mean, I guess I starting this episode, I'm like, I think I'm just resilient, but no, I think that I have definitely experienced post-traumatic growth for sure. Um, And I think we, we all can get to that point too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I feel like we all are experiencing it, even if we don't realize it obviously. And I think that we're going to realize that a lot as we talk through this episode, like, oh yeah, that's what was happening. Yeah. I want to, I love that you brought up the, like, like that you said that you feel like after that situation that you like, aren't really afraid of death anymore. Yeah. Because that's something that I have felt for like a really long time. And I always felt so weird about it Mm -hmm. because like, so I, I lost all of my grandparents pretty young and so that like death was something that I experienced kind of I lost all three of my grandparents like within like a decade of each other and so it was something that I kind of experienced a lot growing up and that's obviously hard and I feel like now I don't know right how I would feel right now if I lost a family member because I haven't lost one since I was in college but I feel like if I hadn't lost anyone and then lost someone now where I'm at, I feel like I'd be like scared to know how I would react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I remember being like, just seeing like how obviously traumatic it is and how horrible the grieving process is and everything. But then you obviously like realize that like life goes on and everything is okay. And like that, that's just like what happens. And yeah can't escape it Mm -hmm. Um, and so I felt that way a lot about death and I for some reason have really never been scared of it or like turned off by it in any way Um, and I feel like that's like one thing like one part of myself that like makes me a good nurse Mm -hmm. um, and a good healer is because I don't feel uncomfortable around people that are like coming close to death Mm -hmm. and I work with a lot of nurses and I've worked with a lot of family members and patients and everything that they don't have that same view obviously there's Mm -hmm. a ton of people who don't um but it just has always come like almost like natural or easier for me and I think that that experience of losing my grandparents when I was so young like definitely shaped that way that I felt that I feel now about it yeah A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. It's it when you go 25 years of living without ever experiencing a death close to you and then someone passes away, I can imagine that it is absolutely world ending because you don't you don't know how to navigate something like that until it happens to you at all. Like people say when they lose their parents you don't know what you're going to feel until you feel it. And I definitely believe in that. And every person that passes away in your life plays such a different role in your grieving. Like it's so different for each person that you have to grieve. Um, And not to say like, 
oh, when someone passes away, since we've been through it, now it's easier. It doesn't necessarily mean it's easier. It just makes more sense. Exactly. Like easier to accept it. Yes. Um, No matter like how difficult it was, if it was something that was expected or something that was sudden, obviously you still go through a grieving process, but it's just a different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. And so last two years ago, my uncle unexpectedly passed away. And then my grandfather passed away that following year. And that was like such a hard hit for my family in the sense of like, my mom really hadn't lost anyone in a really long time. And I can imagine that going through life and having healthy siblings and healthy parents and having parents through, you know, my mom's in her fifties, like having parents that long and siblings and everything being healthy, like that's a really tough loss to have. And I think watching my mom go through that and how she so gracefully helped others and just navigated it and figured it out and was okay, reassured me a lot to know that like one day it's inevitable one day that is going to happen to me in the sense of like losing people around me, whether it's siblings, parents, whatever. And knowing that I was able to watch my mom go through something and really get through it and be okay and come out on the other end because it's life was so reassuring again to just see that and like refreshing and being like, okay, like this is just life and it is okay. And we can grow from this in so many ways. Like we're able to be more compassionate with others in the sense of like, everyone feels things differently. We're able to understand that death really isn't that scary because if you expand, like with when my grandfather passed away, I was there with him and I'm so thankful for that. And at first I was so freaked out that I was there with him because I was like, oh my God, I never wanted to see him like go through anything like that, obviously, but I'm so thankful that I was because it was so peaceful and it was just so reassuring to me that like, this is like what happens. And he was just so at peace and so happy that we were with him and so comfortable that I'm like, he's good. Like, we're all good. Everything's okay. Like we're all going to get through this together. And, um, I think for me, that was like a huge turning point in my spirituality to really understand that, I really had that true strength like within to get through to get through anything bad and know and understand that death is really just inevitable, you know? Mm-hmm. And to know also that death isn't end all be all. And I think for a long time I thought that in the sense of like, you know, being raised as a Catholic, I understood that when you die, you go to heaven. And that scared the shit out of me because I was like, I what does that mean? Like, where do I go? What, what happens? Like what goes on? And now I'm more open-minded in the sense like, yeah, maybe we do go to heaven or maybe we become an animal or maybe we go somewhere else, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just over. Like who knows? But I really try to keep an open mind in the sense of like, I know that everything around me in the current, in the present is okay. I can get through it. And not to worry about what if, like what's, but then what? And then what happens if it's bad? It's like, we can't control that. We can only control right now and what's going on within ourselves. We can't control any outside forces or anything like that. So uh, the best thing that we can do is try our best to grow through all of these situations. And I think that's exactly what PTG is, is understanding the bigger picture than just the horrible moment. Yep. 
100%. Yeah. Um, the new possibilities for life. What do you think about that? Hold on. I lost it. New possibilities for life. Um, like what comes to your mind when you hear that? I feel like when, I don't know, when I think of that, I think of like a turning point in your life where you're like, you lose something and it's like, all right, like, like a breakup. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is exactly what I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. So like a breakup, obviously you're absolutely, maybe you're not, but if you go through a breakup where you're devastated and it's not a relationship that you necessarily like wanted to end, um, I definitely can see now, um, not as I couldn't see as much at the time of my previous relationship when it ended, but like the possibilities that came up from that experience were, have put me where I'm sitting now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wouldn't change that for the world, obviously. And it's, I, a lot of people don't, I feel like when you experiencing something, a loss like that, it can be any sort of loss that it, you lose something, but it opens space in your life for something else. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's time for yourself, whether it's like time to go to the gym and work out and like find a new, like new relationship with your body and with your mind, or if it's a new like outlook on life and it changes your trajectory of like where you're going and what you're doing with your life, like a career change or anything like that, it opens up so many doors. Um, and I think that's something that's so hard when we're going through traumatic experiences is that you, a lot of the time people will just shut down and think like, this is it. I'm, there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. And this thing that I've been putting so much time and effort to is just gone. And I like, why did I, what, what is this? Like what I, why did I waste all this time? Like now I'm just sitting here with nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's something that I've definitely felt in the past. Um, but real, like in that moment, trying to realize that like, all right, obviously one door closes and another one opens and like yeah. trying to maintain that, um, that outlook on yeah. tough times. Yes, absolutely. It's so funny that you just said one, one door opens, one door closes and another one opens. Cause that's exactly what I thought when I saw that line. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about it in so many aspects, like you were saying, you described them all so perfectly and it's, you can really think about it in any situation for new possibilities for life. Like, um, I think about, a lot of things that have happened to me in my twenties in my work life in the sense mm. of like, you know, I've had a couple of different jobs that haven't ended the way that I would have liked them to, or haven't ended the way that, um, in the most professional way. And that really bummed me out at first. And when I look back on it now, I'm so thankful that things ended the way that they did in the sense of like, it gave me so much direction and understanding yeah. of how to actually, appropriately finish something. Um, and we're not always in control of that because obviously when other people are thrown in the mix, we can't control how other people react and what other people say and do, but we can control what we do. And I know that I've had a lot of conversations with my dad and my mom, but my dad is very like, he wants to tell you all these quotes and these life like he wants to just give you like he wants to be like your life guru and help you figure out everything and give you the answers and um we have a lot of conversations about like 
how to respond in every situation that comes about that can be difficult. And like, you think that one way is like the correct response, like you were saying, Rachel, and like, there really isn't any like correct response. It's more about like the possibilities that come from the response. And there are always, there's always going to be something new from something that ends. So with my jobs, I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is life shattering that I don't have this job anymore. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I feel like I should have kept it or I should have tried to grow in this company or whatever. And then I realized like in, in my reflections, I'm like, wow, I would not be where I am right now if I held on to that job or if I didn't react that way and I didn't stand my ground and stand up for myself, I'd probably still be there. And I probably wouldn't be in yoga teacher training and doing all of these things. And it's so crazy because there's so many possibilities that came from like a traumatic event for me, um, in my work life. And like, it's like I was saying, it's really with anything, like any, any door, like you were saying that closes, there's always something new that is coming from that. Like I think about teenagers and kids that parents like uproot them from their childhood home and they have to move far away, you know, and like, that's a traumatic event for a child or a teen that has to do that and start over. And like, that is such an amazing opportunity for beautiful new possibilities and new life adventures. And if we just all changed our perspective a little bit and it's okay to not get there right away when something happens, but being able to understand like, okay, I'm going to give myself this time to be upset and to let it absorb and feel the feels and understand that like, this was traumatic for me, but then I'm going to grow through this and I'm going to discover all of the new possibilities that I'm able to experience instead of just sulking in the misery and the trauma, um, Mm -hmm. which is really hard. It's really hard. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. It is really hard. And I feel like that just like brings it back to like how you obviously may not realize these things right after something happens or a year after it happens. Like you might be like us sitting here at almost like 26 and being like, oh yeah, that thing that happened to me like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. did change my life for the better. And I did grow tremendously from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's so many things that are popping into my head, even now, just talking that I'm like, wow, that's so crazy that I thought that that was like how I was going to be for life, or that was a situation that I was going to be stuck in forever or whatever. And that is not the case at all. Um, Yes. Something that I keep thinking about too, is like how traumatic, especially in like high school and middle school, like, like ending a friendship with someone. Yes. I can't like, that is like crazy because (laughs) I think about I was talking about this this past weekend. I was at a wedding with my family and we were talking about like home friends and like how like as we get older, we obviously grow apart, but like Mm -hmm. your true friends, like you stick through. And I, my cousin was like, I can't even like believe I can, but I can't believe like how strong your relationship is still with your core group of friends from home. Um, And it's just, I mean, you just people that are in your life still that have been in your life since you were in first grade, like there's a reason why, and they're Mm going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I was thinking about it and I was like, well, could you imagine if I was still friends with like X, Y, and Z from like middle school and high school? Like where the heck would I be? I know. But like when you're in middle school and high school and those friendships end, it's like life shattering. (laughs) It's like the worst thing that's ever happened. And you feel like you literally are like, you have nothing, you have nothing to look forward to. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened. I just love my friends which is obviously not true it's like one or two people and then you're you think about it 10 years later 15 years later and you're like oh my god thank god I know the lord I know I know I think about that even with like like I remember freshman year of college meeting so many people obviously you meet so many people right off the back so everybody is just friendly and wants to be friends and make friends because you nobody knows anyone and I remember like trying to navigate that as well and obviously like as you go through college you end up developing your core group of friends that you're gonna hopefully keep with you through until you die (laughs) I hope I don't know that's my that's my hope to keep my adult friends as long as I can. And I remember like freshman year kind of ending friendships with certain people and thinking that that was life shattering, like being like, oh my God, how are we going to walk past them when we see them? Like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm so stressed out. Like, I can't believe this just happened. Like, am I a bad person? Like whatever. And it's just so silly and so funny to look back on and be like that situation. Like, I I don't know what I would, my life would be a totally different story if I had different people in my life. But yes, I can remember literally going to middle school, even not really high school, but I can remember going to like middle school and elementary school and like feeling sick because like you stopped being friends with someone or something and being like, oh, so (laughs) sick, so sick. And like, oh, I remember like me and my best friend Casey, like kind of ending a friendship with a couple of girls. And it was like this big deal that like we were like, dude, like, we just don't mesh and, like, yeah. stress us out. Like, yeah. <laughs> aren't supposed to stress you out 24-7. And it was, like, this huge deal and, like, the parents called the school and, like, we're trying to make, like, the teachers, like, facilitate our friendship. And I was like, this is wild. Yeah. This is wild. I know. I know. And it's so sad to think about, too, because, like, on the opposite end of that, it's, like, those people can probably look back on this too and just be like, (laughs) that was so funny. We thought that was life shattering. You know what I mean? Because you do, you think that like when someone, I remember people telling me they didn't want to be my friend and being like, oh my God, like, who am I? Like, I remember literally looking at my body and being like, am I in my body? Cause I would feel so like out, like I would literally have like out of body experiences when I would go through like losing a friend because it was so stressful to me. Um, and now it's just like, it doesn't even matter. People come and go and people totally come and go. And like you were saying, the friends that you keep like that since like first grade, like I have a couple of friends that I've had since first grade, definitely. Um, that's like a, a bond like no other and just truly something that's so beautiful. And to really be able to nurture those relationships, you have to grow within or else those relationships exactly. can fall to the wayside because you do change so much. Like as your cousin, I'm sure was mentioning in that conversation with you about like just how different I'm sure she is from her friends that she yeah. grew up with and how different like we all really truly are from each other because the one commonality that we all had was that we grew up in the same town. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it. You know, as you get older, yeah. you all play different sports and you join different clubs and you go to different colleges and all this stuff. So your commonalities are 
far and few between. So you have to find the core of why you guys are friends. And like you were saying, like, if you just don't mesh with some people, like that's fine. Like there's, there's no big deal about that. Like no hard feelings. Like it shouldn't be this like life shattering event that we tend to go to because we don't really know how else to react, I think. But for me, I think it's really beautiful when people can step up and be like, yeah, I just like, don't write for me. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me. Like, that's okay. Like, it's not like the person, I mean, obviously if the person's like, I hate you, you are horrible. (laughs) Like that's sad, but I I don't think that that ever needs to be the case. It's like, you just don't mesh with certain people and that's totally fine. And I think like this thing is saying the improved relationships part, I think we can take a lot from that. Like I've had situations with friends, like in my late teenage years going into college where we fell off from each other and, you know, we had differences and whatever that were friends that I grew up with and being able to grow within, I've been able to reconnect with those friends because things that were bothering me or things that were bothering them don't necessarily bother me at all anymore. And same with them. And I am comfortable with myself and um, have a deeper understanding of myself and how I affect others and how others affect me that I, I don't really need to let those situations bother me to the point that I can't be friends with certain people anymore, which is a hundred percent the reason why all of my relationships, oh my God, I'm like choking on my gum have improved. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that can even be important in family members as well. Like I know everybody has family issues. Everybody has things that go on differences with siblings or cousins or whatever. And being able to like step away and be able to reflect within yourself and grow within yourself. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but it's just so important really does improve all of your relationships because you have to figure out why your reactivity is leading to the outcome. And even though you might think like, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're saying this, they're saying that it's about you. It's not about them. Like Mm -hmm. you have to figure it out within yourself, like why that's affecting you in any way, shape or form. And before you figure that out, nothing's really going to get better. Um, And I've definitely been, been discovering that over the past year for sure. And it's helped so much and it's helped me forgive and forget, which can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you, now that you said like family, I'm like, well, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Eli, like obviously me and Eli have obviously talked a bunch about like what we went through when Eli was going through his transition as a family. And if you could see our family like 10 years ago compared to what our family is now, like it's a completely different family. I bet. And what we all went through as a family with Eli like it at times was extremely traumatic like Mm -hmm. we had to like we had to tear our family down to like the absolute core and rebuild it for us to like gain a like new outlook as like how we were gonna be with each other and whatever and those times of when we were doing that like really letting all of our emotions out and like just laying it out on the table was extremely traumatic for Mm -hmm. everyone in our family. And we went through some really hard times where I was like, uh, there was a time where I was like, I 
like if Eli keeps acting this way or like being this way, like I, he's not going to be someone that's going to be in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had said that to him at one point. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge turning point for us that like, okay, like, is that something that we really all want for our family to be like ripped apart over this situation in this yeah. like transition? And um, that was really scary. And like hearing some of the things that had were said and some of the things that were done like was awful, but we were able to thankfully come out on the other side of it, like so incredibly strong as a family and our relationships with each other have never been, never been better. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I can't imagine it any other way. Mm -hmm. And Eli right now, like Eli, I would consider like one of my best friends right now. And Mm -hmm. like growing up, me and Eli were not friends at all. Like I would not have considered Eli one of my friends. Like he, it was just, we did not have a relationship like that. And now I can imagine my life without him. And that's like huge. I can't believe I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah. But like, it's like going through traumatic events with groups of people too. Like how you, how you navigate those hard times and how you really work together to, make the best outcome out of it really does like just completely change your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a huge turning point for your family in general. I mean, when I picked this topic for tonight, when we like first originally talked about it, I immediately thought of you guys because I think just from hearing your mom talk about things and you talk to your mom about things and Eli talk about things and just hearing like everyone's point of view, like you guys truly all experience PTG, I think from, from Eli transitioning, but not only from Eli transitioning, I think from Eli growing within himself and he was able to improve his relationships with everyone because he Mm -hmm. felt comfortable in his own skin and he was able to really express himself and actually get to the root of the issue Mm -hmm. rather than just like, you know, blame other people and just forever, just be miserable, um, which was so brave of him to be able to do. But aside from like bravery, it, it was so essential for that to happen for you guys, because if that hadn't happened, like, can you imagine like what you guys would be like now? No, I couldn't. I, I mean, honestly, I really couldn't because I don't know if we would have a relationship right now. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I think that me and my mom talked about this when she came on the podcast is that like that like Eli's transition was like the biggest gift to us like ever. Yeah, it was the biggest gift and like the most amazing thing we could have asked for as a family because it really saved us. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Yeah. And I think that that really did shift your guys. I mean, from just listening to your episode with you and your mom, I think that that really did shift your guys like change of heart in your spiritual and religious lives as well. Um, and how, like how your mom was saying how like her growing up Catholic and everything and raising you guys Catholic and stuff was not something that she would ever take back. And that, that definitely built, you know, your guys foundation of spirituality and allowed you guys to have that, like, um, that ability to be spiritual and feel spiritual. Um, but I think it changed the route that it was going. What do you think? Like, I think like, instead of it being this hardcore, this is what we believe in this, like 
list of like a belief system, um, you were able to grow in ways that were off the path. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like when I feel like for me and Kat and even for my parents, like when we witnessed Eli's strength of just unapologetically living his life out as who he wanted to be and like him just his truest self it gave us all of the confidence and all of the ambition to do the same thing Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that we all felt a lot more comfortable to do things that we wanted to do that we were maybe like hesitant to in the first place or like believe in things that we may have had like ideas of but felt like crazy for believing and I feel like that was a huge turning point for my spirituality because his transition helped me grow so much as a person and really about like this like the greater appreciation for life and the um like greater compassion for others that definitely resonates with me a lot with this situation because Mm -hmm. I feel like I just he showed me like how um how not not easy but like how like kind of how easily I can change my mindset to just be like I'm gonna live this life for myself Mm -hmm. and um like and good things are gonna happen because of it Mm -hmm. and I was able to let go of a lot of fears with that Mm-hmm. And it really like just jump started me into my spiritual journey for sure, because that's when I feel like I started to shed a lot of my ego and let a lot of a lot of things go that were holding me back. And I just like just didn't care anymore. And was yeah. like, let's like I'm just like ready to do it. Yeah. I was gonna bring up the greater compassion for others to you too in that situation in the sense of like, I don't know. Obviously I didn't know you when you guys were going through that and experiencing that so I'm not sure if your personality like what what your opinion is on this but I was going to ask you like do you feel like it allowed you to have a greater compassion for others in the sense of like understanding that things that don't make sense to you a hundred percent don't necessarily have to make sense to you and that you're still going to be compassionate. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And something that I like, so Avi, I always say it all the time. Like you, I have never been someone that's been against like transgender people ever. Yeah. But when it's some, when it's someone in your family, it completely changes your outlook on it, obviously. Of course. Um, and I always think, that just made me think of my dad because Mm -hmm. my dad is like a hardcore Republican, very Mm -hmm. stuck in his ways and has a very, is not scared to share his opinion on things. Yeah. Um, And it was really scary for Eli to come out to him because he was scared that he wouldn't accept him. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad was literally the first person to be like, all right, like let's do this and like <laughs> literally like the second that he said it to him like it was Eli he from the second he said it mm-hmm. and he never messed up and he was always just like all right this is just how it is now yeah. and to be able to see my dad who is definitely not obviously is not against transgender people at all but is his like root 
beliefs, I guess, are, are not even his root beliefs, but like the way that he lives his life for him to accept something like this is not normal, obviously, Mm -hmm. or is Mm -hmm. not like the way it goes. Yeah. It's not normalized at all. Yeah, exactly. And for, to see my dad just like so confidently just be like, all right, like, let's do it. Like just made me really realize like, yeah, like you, it doesn't have to be your normal or it doesn't have to be like something that you're like, oh my, like I resonate with that or I believe in that or whatever. Like if it's someone else's normal and it's someone else's life, then that's their life and that's their normal and that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. And like, as long as they're being a good person and they're not hurting anyone that they're, then there's nothing that you can say to make what they're doing wrong. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel that way in things that like in, in my situation and the way that I have gone through my own PTG and what I've taken from it and losing a loved one, um, at a young age, someone that, you know, I was in a relationship with, like, it was such a confusing time for me and the, uh, different emotions that I was going through and mental health things that were coming up in my life and lots of things, um, allowed me to understand that, the way that people navigate their emotions and navigate situations doesn't need to make sense to me ever. And I think that seeing how other people reacted to me helped that as well. And even though in those situations, the way that people were reacting to me might not have seemed compassionate and might not have been the best way that they would have wanted to react to me in that situation. And I'm sure that a lot of people looking back now on it are like, why, why was that my reaction? I've had a lot of people say that to me as I've gotten older and be like, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you or whatever. Um, but it has allowed me to reflect and be like, wow. Okay. So now when I see someone who's struggling with something that my first thought is like, why are they even like talking about that still, like, why is that something that's bothering them? Why is that something that is like weighing so heavy that they have to like now react like this? It has really allowed me to like stop myself in my tracks and find that Mm -hmm. compassion for others in every situation. And sometimes it takes a little longer for me because I'm like, I just really can't understand it, but it's allowed me to be like, it doesn't matter that I don't understand it. And this is how this person is feeling. And this is what they're going through. And I have, compassion for them. Like I am going to be compassionate towards the fact that this is how they're feeling and what they're exhibiting. And it doesn't matter what I think or feel. Exactly. That is, and that's something that I literally experience on a daily basis working at the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. cause when someone's in the hospital, like it, something, like something that really helps me like re like ground myself and like take a step back and like reevaluate like what I'm thinking and like how I'm feeling when I'm having like a hard day or like dealing with a difficult patient at work is that like I like will step back and I'll be like all right this person's driving me absolutely fucking insane and they're making my day so hard and so miserable but then I'm just like okay they're in the hospital they feel like shit Mm -hmm. and this is like one of their worst days Mm -hmm. and I'm just here Mm -hmm. and they're suffering through this day. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I'm like, okay, I need to like reel it in and like not stop letting it get to me and just like find that compassion for them that like this sucks for them too. Mm -hmm. And I just have to suck it up for the day and deal with it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot it's of really your hard sometimes. Yeah. It's really, really hard sometimes. Uh-huh. But you have to try your best to like keep that idea so that you don't go insane. Yeah. And I think a lot of your root in that obviously is like being a nurse and experiencing so many different patients and horrible situations. But I think, I think your roots of that is your family. I think it's going through, going through the things that you've gone through with your family has given you a a way greater compassion for others. Like uh, it's, because you're able to feel the way that you felt in that moment through other people, if that makes sense, you know, like you're, you're, you now have that access within you. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we don't experience anything ever, like we were saying to backtrack about like grieving and losing somebody, like if you never experience these things where you have to find that compassion or you have to navigate life without someone that you love or whatever, then it becomes really, really difficult to do it. So like if you hadn't ever experienced anything that was abrupt or traumatic or stressful in your life, and then you were a nurse on a trauma unit, you would be stressed out all the time. Exactly. You know, and you would be like, why is this person freaking out? What the heck is going on? People are mean. Why are old people rude? What is like, you know, a hundred percent. And it's really easy to lose sight of those things when you're like wrapped up in the moment and you're having a difficult day yourself, but it's just so important to just take a step back and just really try to put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes. And I know that that's something that people say all the time. And it's just like such a simple, I feel like people say that and it just goes in one ear and out the other. Cause it's like, yeah, everyone always says that, but it's mm-hmm. like when you really take a moment to like consciously do that and really actually take the time to think about it, you're like, okay, shit. Like I always say too, like with like difficult family members, I'm like, all right, if this was my dad, I would probably be feeling the same way. And I say that to people all the time. I'm like, look, if this was my family, I'd be feeling the same exact way. But there's like ways that we need to go about this. Yeah. That we need to like work together and figure this out. Like, but we, I understand. Like I, I empathize with you. I get that. Yeah. Like we need to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing that you have that ability to like be both of those roles, Mm -hmm. you know, because it allows people to relate and also bring other people back to earth rather than being too much of the other side and being too compassionate and too, um, putting yourself in their shoes. And then everyone would be a mess because they'd be like, well, you're sad too. What do we, (laughs) what do we do? Exactly. Yeah. So there was this quote too, from, um, one of the articles that I found on this, and it says people develop new understand understandings of themselves, the world they live in, how to relate to other people, the kind of future they might have and a better understanding of how to live life. And I really liked that because I thought about it in the sense of like how to relate to other people. And it's so cool to see like people come together and friendships coming together and, um, people being able to relate to just human beings through situations that they've gone through. Like, I feel like one of the big pieces that really connected you and I was talking about our mental health and like the being on the podcast. And obviously like we had other things in common too, but, um, that podcast episode, I really feel like was our foundation of our friendship of being able Mm -hmm. to like have the, that connection and those conversations about like our mental health and what we've gone through and where we're going and where we're headed and allowed us to be so much more 
relatable to one another. Um, and through that, I think that we've both gained so many friendships and not even just friendships, but like clients for Reiki yeah. and yeah. Um, people that support us and, you know, listen to our podcast or buy things from our shops or whatever, because we're relate, we're relatable. Yeah, um exactly. And in the moment, obviously, like when something traumatic happens, it's not like you're like, ha now I'll be relatable because now I have a grandfather that died and so does this person. Like, I don't mean it like yeah. that, but these situations are normal. Every situation that we go through in life that's traumatic is normal and natural and it's things are going to happen. I was having this conversation with someone actually yesterday. I took this beautiful beach yoga class. Um in Quincy on Wollaston beach through healing tree yoga with this woman, Christine, and she was amazing. And, um, she was a mom and, you know, obviously I just feel like moms just like hold this whole other wisdom of life. And so we were talking after for like a half an hour and she was just explaining how like this practice has really helped her and, um, how it's so beautiful that I'm going through it so young. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, I feel like I'm like old doing this. And she's like, you have so many years to live and go through this and like navigate, like which things you like and what things you don't like. And I'm so excited for you and all this stuff. And she was saying, she's like, all of these things that you're doing and all of these tools that you're putting into your toolbox, um, are going to help you navigate all the shitty things that come with life because that's never going to stop. And she was saying, she was like, you're never going to live a life of that's peaceful, but you can be peaceful. And that really stuck with me because I was like, that is so true. All of these things that happen to us aren't just going to stop. Like sometimes I think about it. I'm like, wow, I meditated all like all morning. And then I took a yoga class and I was having such a good day. And then this happened. Like, why did this happen? And I'm like, no, I, I, things are going to keep happening. The world doesn't just stop for me and be like, okay, now you're peaceful and that's it. You don't have to deal with anything else. It's like what we do with these things and how we navigate them is the most important. And we're able to use other people in our lives to get through these things and knowing that the, that people can relate to us with these situations helps so much. And it helps ourselves because then we're able to, yeah, we're able to feel it, have these conversations and help other people get through it. Exactly. It's so awesome. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's really interesting to me too, to be like navigating, our twenties is really hard, obviously, and trying to like get on our feet financially and just figure out life in general. Um, and it's interesting to me to like have conversations with friends about things that I have gone through that I haven't really given myself credit for getting going through and like getting over and being okay about them. And when they come up in like my friends and my friends like call me and we talk about it or whatever, I'm like, wow, like, this is really amazing that I'm able, because I have the knowledge of getting through maybe not the same situation, but a similar situation, I'm able to be like a support system or just like a friend, a listening ear for someone. And then I reflect on it and I'm like patting myself on the back. Like I did this, like I got through this, like I yeah. grew so much from this situation. Like it might've been different than the one that, that my friend's going through, but it made me relatable again. Like it made me it, it allowed another door to open for me, deeper, deeper understandings, greater relationships, um, better friendships, wholesome 
conversations, like all those things, you know, yeah, things that we're not able to have if we never experience trauma, truly. Yeah, seriously. And it's just, it's just all bliss, you know? (laughs) It is. And like one of my like favorite things that I feel like I kind of try to remind myself of is that like so much of our trauma really is such a blessing Mm -hmm. and it's so obviously hard to think of that in the moment and for years to come after it but when you get to a point where you can really sit down and reflect on like what's happened to me in the last 10 years what's happened to me in the last five years and like what have I dealt with that has absolutely fucking sucked but came out at on the end being a huge blessing for me Mm -hmm. and trying to keep that idea in your head as you're going through certain situations just remembering that you know times are tough and like you were saying like things are never going to be easy and blissful and peaceful all the time we have to we have to experience hard times so that we can appreciate the good times and just trying to remind yourself in those moments that you know things are going to get better and I just have to keep an open and hopeful mindset that this is going to better me in some way someday. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And thinking too about there's so many people out there that end up living a life that they never come to these realizations. They never want to accept these things. They never want to um, find the good. They never want to find the growth and they may experience a life that is not fulfilling. and. I feel like if you're listening to this, then that's probably not you because you're probably at a place where you want to grow and you want to be okay with shitty situations because that's what our podcast is based off of and listening to things like this and surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded and who are growing within themselves and trying to be the best version of themselves and find the good in every situation is the most important thing. So pat yourself on the back right now for even listening to the episode, even if you don't feel like you're at this, that stage in your life where you can accept a lot of things, just know that you can get to that place. And it just takes a lot of hard work, a lot of consistency. Consistency is the key to all of this. Like when they're like, I, I, don't do this at all anymore, but there would be times when I first started my meditation practice and started my spirituality where I would go like a couple weeks without practicing things. And I felt like shit. And I felt like so out of whack and like, uh, like not balanced within myself. And now I realize that that is really the key factor for me anyway, with my growth, because without that foundation of, um, inner, insight and inner like well-being I have nothing um and I think that like I was saying just even starting with listening to a podcast or reading a book or just allowing yourself to have an open mind when it comes to changing your perspective on things is beautiful and Mm -hmm. it's important to recognize those small victories of just even having an open mind in general um so keep keep going in the direction that you're all going that that's listening to this episode because it's 
it's just it life is truly beautiful like this human existence is truly beautiful and it's what we make of it um and it's not always like rachel was saying it's not always going to be blessed and that's beautiful too because we get to experience all these things that are hard and that help us grow and help our spirits shine in the end and without that there would would be no good because of what would good be we wouldn't know so exactly. it's pretty amazing <laughs> all right that was a really good episode. It was. That was I a was good I was nervous to record it because I was like, oh, my God. I don't even know. It's like we're recording in an hour. I don't even know what we're recording. I, I was I thinking see, the same thing. I see this long-ass title, post-traumatic, whatever the heck it was, growth. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I know. I know. I was thinking the same thing. And then when we started, I'm like, uh, 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 so post-traumatic growth. I'm like, the beginning of our episode is probably whack, but I hope you all stayed till the end. I know. <laughs> Oh my God. Kudos to you if you did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I know it's literally going to be 10 PM. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we love you guys so much and we hope that you stick around for the end of our episode for our guided meditation. And we will see you guys all next week. Bye guys. Bye. Hey guys, it's Dev bringing you our guided meditation today. So please find a comfortable position that helps you to feel safe and supported. You can close your eyes or soften your gaze while you look at something in the room. Whatever feels comfortable to you. Maybe you can find your attention and carefully lead it to your breathing. Notice how the air flows in and out. Stay here for a few breaths while you relax. When you are ready, you can imagine the presence of a light. That could be a beam of sunlight, silver moonlight, a crystal, lamp, stars, a spotlight, or whatever comes to your mind. Do you want it to be bright white? or rather warm orange or cooling blue. You can find the exact shade that is good for you right now. Maybe you can play with the color a little to find something that suits you. Does your light smell like something? Does it have sound? If you, let, if you would like, you can invite the light to come inside and shine in the places that feel dark. You might observe how it shines down on the top of your head, filling it with cleansing light. When it touches your head, it clears all your dark thoughts. It shines into your memories and brings forth those of light, calm, and happiness. Your whole brain gets filled with peaceful, steady light and new clarity. Take your time to let the light fill your whole head. If you feel like it, you can take a deep breath. When you are ready, you can invite more light to come. You can let it flow through your belly and lower body. The light is not afraid of what it might encounter here because it knows that shadows always flee from it.
Be gentle when you let the light shine into every corner. If you are in pain or remembering pain, invite the healing light to touch you in that area. It might be warm or cool and it will dissolve the pain into harmless sparks of more light. Let the cleansing light touch everything that feels dirty or dark and notice how it spreads peace and calm, wisdom, and compassion. Gentle and caring, the light covers you inside. You have all the time you need for this. If you would like to, you can take a deep breath. When you're ready, you can invite even more light to come. You can let it flow down your arms and legs like cleansing and relaxing waterfalls. Let it fill you all the way down to your fingertips and to your toes. The light is refreshing your muscles and strengthens your hands and your feet, your roots that ground you in the here and now. Maybe you can even feel how the light is connecting your feet to the floor. Your whole being is now flooded with peaceful light. It fills every part of your being with its healing and cleansing power. Maybe you can feel it from your head to your toes. If you would like to, you can invite it to shine even brighter now. Enjoy this feeling of relaxation and lightness. Maybe you can take a deep breath. Stay here as long as you would like. And whenever you're ready, you can find your attention and slowly lead it back to the room. Noticing the position of your body, your chair, or wherever you're sitting, the sounds that you hear. Maybe you want to stretch. And finally, you can open your eyes, look around, and return your awareness to the room. Happy Thursday, everybody. We love you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.